the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're happy to be with you, and we appreciate you joining in. This is your host today and tomorrow afternoon sitting in, uh, Mike McIntosh. And um, we've had a very interesting program so far, and it's going to even get more interesting. I want to pass a couple of prayer uh, situations down to you. I'll read it as I receive them from friends. Um, They just received this prayer request yesterday. Uh, Today, sadly, they just confirmed this terrible news at this time. Uh, They've collaborated uh, with the news and found it to be true. Please pray for 229 Christian missionaries in Afghanistan who have been sentenced to death tomorrow by the Afghan Islamists, the Taliban. And uh, please pass this message on as soon as possible so that many people will be able to pray and intercede. And another missionary from a different country is involved and says that the whole planet is united in prayer. If you can forward it, get others to pray for these missionaries in Afghan. Also, because the radical Islamic group has just taken over, I'll mispronounce this, I'm sure, but it's Kwar Agash, the largest Christian city in Iraq, where there are hundreds Christian men, women, and children who are being beheaded. Prayer cover is being requested. Please take a minute and pray for them. Pass the message on to whoever you can. Kwar Agash has already been taken several times. They've asked us, please pass it on and pray for the souls of these people. They're asking for another group prayer, urgent prayer, uh, that uh, the situation in Afghanistan is really deteriorating. Uh, This friend of mine, they have uh, 22 underground pastors in the country, and only two have been able to escape. The Taliban overran the country so quickly that the rest of these pastors are trapped. I'm assuming these are British and American pastors. We're in contact with all of them, and the situation is terrible. Most of them do not expect to survive. These are our brothers saying this from America. Please pray as we're trying to find a way to rescue. And then a friend from the FBI spoke with one of his interpreters on the phone who said he does not believe he will survive the next couple of days because the Taliban are going door to door and looking who they can kill. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Well, one thing we know for sure, there were signs of the times would get evil like this before the uh, return of the Lord and the taking up of the church. And so our friend, Pastor Barry Stagner, is with us. And Barry, are you online there? Barry, you're there? I am here, Mike. How are you? Well, I'm good. Thank you for joining in. Well, great to be with you again. Thank you. So what can you tell us today if the average person was going to say, why would this mean the end of the world is here? 
Uh, but there are throughout the Bible lots of verses that give us signs and warnings. And could you help us understand that? And what do you know of any of these signs and warnings that we could uh, uh, get today to understand? Well, Mike, in the middle of the Olivet Discourse, uh, Jesus said nobody knows the day or the hour uh, of his coming. And then he kept talking. He said, but as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. Now, if we look back to the days of Noah, we know the world was filled with violence, and we can check that box. Uh, We know the thoughts and intents of man's heart was only evil continually, and uh, Mm -hmm. we can see that manifesting all around us today. But in the specific realm of things, it's a little bit about, uh, like what we talked about yesterday, uh, in looking at the Middle East, we have to realize that the focal point of Bible prophecy, uh, as it relates to the last days, is around Israel and the mm. conflict in the Middle East. And I mentioned yesterday that, you know, these developments with the Taliban and uh, the new president in Iran uh, were putting two aggressive leaders who are enemies of Israel in places of power uh, almost simultaneously and lo and behold, today, uh, Ibrahim Raisi, the new president uh, of Iran, came out and said that the defeat of the U.S. in Afghanistan is a chance for lasting peace. Hmm. And then we also see the leader of Hamas coming out saying uh, they're praising the Taliban for causing the downfall of America uh, in Afghanistan. Now, we do know that you know Iran is named in Ezekiel 38 uh, under the title of Persia. Uh, The ancient Persian people are the modern-day Iranians, and uh, they are definitely, without question, going to be part of the coalition uh, paired up with uh, Russia, Libya, uh, the Sudan, and Turkey that invade Israel out of the north. And uh, the interesting passage here in Ezekiel 38, it says about uh, a nation that's named under its ancient name Togarma, which is in uh, northwestern Turkey, Mm. Uh, it says that many peoples are with you. And that word uh, peoples uh, is interesting because it means tribes. And so that lends itself to the possibility that uh, Afghanistan and Pakistan, uh, people who share an ideology uh, with the Persians, uh, you know, could very well play a part in attacking Israel. So that, that's a rather significant development. And, Mike, the other side of that is um, there are 60 nations right now who are demanding that the Taliban allow uh, foreigners to leave with safe passage. And that kind of plays into what Paul was talking about, the cry of the last days being peace and security or peace and prosperity. Yes. And, you know, 60 nations to agree on anything, like is almost unheard of. Mm. Uh, but, you know, here we have an international cry, uh, basically, which I think we could paraphrase in saying, people are tired of war. People are tired of hearing uh, of these atrocities and uh, ideologies that are forcing people into submission, and we're hearing stories, uh, tragic stories in Afghanistan about uh, both foreigns and nationals uh, tucking themselves away in the wheel wells of a departing aircraft and then falling yes. from the sky or being found dead when the plane lands. That's how bad people want to get out of there. And the world is tiring of all this, Mike, and I think that's that's a pretty significant uh, indication of the attitude that is going to be a part of the last day scenario. You know, thinking of that, peace and safety, and and I believe you've told me this before, the word also is security, and that seems to be what they're talking about. And it's the Security Council in the United Nations 
that says yay or nay on what's going to happen. And that's interesting that 60 nations are pleading with a bunch of guys that have tennis shoes and turbans and scarves and baggy pants. They're not even uh, disciplined as military people, but they've got such dedication to their cause. They're fearless. And this brings a very good point that security and peace is something that would draw to an end right there. And everybody's going against Israel and against the USA right now. Yeah, Mike, and that's where this is all headed to, and that's the prophetic element of it. Zechariah 12.3 says the whole world will be gathered against Jerusalem, Hmm. and uh, we are headed that way. And it is interesting that there is such silence today about what the Taliban are doing and what's happening in Afghanistan by many, uh, whereas if Israel even sneezes funny, uh, they're in the international media and there's cries for, you know, uh, sanctions and to boycott and all this other stuff. Uh, so, you know, the mentality of the world is shifting to a peace at any price uh, type of thinking. Mm-hmm. And this, again, is part of the last day scenario. So, you know, Mike, uh, I think it's curious, too, that we are seeing just some amazing things happen that would fall into the category of the seismos that Jesus was talking about in, in Matthew 24, and where he said, you know, there's going to be these things that have been since the beginning of time, wars and rumors of wars, ethnic tensions, um, pestilence, you know, disease, plagues, all these kind of things. And then he said, and there will also be seismos, and you and I have talked about this, that that Greek word isn't limited to seismic events. It, right. it can also be translated as a gale or a tempest. So that would include uh, atmospheric events. So because Jesus ended that uh, particular section, uh, the introductory statements of the Olivet Discourse, with uh, these things happening uh, as the beginning of sorrows or like birth pangs, that we would expect to see if we're near the rapture of the church and the following tribulation, that just a sudden and exponential increase in the things that he said are, are the normal course of life events, uh, wars and rumors of wars, etc. And I think it's interesting that what he was, uh, I think we can understand what he's saying, is that there are going to be geological and um, um, atmospheric anomalies in the last days. And just all of a sudden, we've, we've got incredible fires burning around the world. Yep. You know, the fire in California, in a matter of hours, became the biggest fire in California history. Yep. And we have fires here every single year. Uh, but just in, in, in uh, just a couple of days, this fire uh, was, was listed as the biggest ever. Are you talking of the Dixie history. Fire up north? Yeah, Dixie? the Dixie Fire. Yes, I yeah. read a story of that, that it destroyed 500,000 acres. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, one of our granddaughters just flew in from Colorado to be with us, and she said the skies over Denver in that area are yellow from the smoke coming from California, California. from the fires. Yeah. Yeah. All the way I across the country. In Las Vegas. And, same thing, Las huh? Las Vegas last Saturday. Yellow sky was just dark, looked like it was going to rain. But uh, as soon as you stepped outside and could smell it, you know, it was smoke. Huh. But, Mike, this is interesting because you pair that with, you know, what's happening with this drought. There's a catastrophic drought in California, a record heat in the Pacific Northwest. 
while at the same time, you've got, you know, this article came out of uh, Arizona Central, uh, a local media outlet there that said that there's the first time ever water shortage in the Colorado River, which is going to cut off water yes. supply for yes. Arizona farmers. And then in Turkey, you have massive unprecedented floods and uh, hailstorms in Greece and one part of the country uh, with golf ball styles hail, while on the other end of the island or one of the islands, there's a massive fire. So you've got all these weather anomalies happening right now simultaneously, and they seem to have increased uh, in these last days. And you and I talked about this many times, but, you know, again, you know, we don't, we don't need to be sensationalists when it comes to Bible prophecy. They're sensational enough on their That's own. That's right without uh, trying to make things up to make it seem more sensational. If um, any of the listeners who are listening to us right now would like to talk and ask some questions to Barry Stagner, you can call us right now while he's still here, 866-577-2473. That's the K-Praise number, I think, that I was given. But um, we would love to hear from you. Um, and uh, talk with you. And Barry, you mentioned uh, something about Togomar. And for years, the focus was just north of Jerusalem. You'd get a ruler and draw a straight line to um, uh, Russia. And you could get the Kremlin. You'd get right the headquarters of the whole thing right, right through there. Moscow. Moscow. And um, you brought to my attention how that Togomar is that portion that is of Turkey, and then in the last three years, Turkey has switched its alliances and is trying to go back to the Ottoman Empire uh, of uh, the Muslim rule, even though they were a member of NATO. What could you tell us about that? Because that's very interesting. It's very subtle. Yeah, Mike, I've always found it kind of interesting that, you know, the assumption is that, you know, Russia is going to be the the key player and lead the charge, so to speak. But all the other nations who are named under ancient names uh, from the Table of Nations in Genesis 10, uh, descendants of Noah, and, you know, the historians have done a great job at identifying these particular regions of the world. But this is the, the one thing I find to be interesting is that we know that the hook is going to be placed in the jaw and draw these nations down out of the far north. But in, uh, in Ezekiel chapter 38, 6, it says that Togarma, from the far north, there it's identified what country is is being referenced there, and it's not Russia, it's not Moscow, it's Turkey uh, being brought down from the far north. We have to remember, you know, it, it may be yes, Moscow is further north than than uh, Ankara, but you know, when you're traveling on foot in a pedestrian society, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Turkey's far enough away. Yeah, and right. uh, that was part of the the, the area where uh, Israel would interact, and it would be a country uh, north of the source of the Euphrates River, which is obviously identified in the Bible. But Mike, you know, Turkey has increased in their uh, efforts, a place where Israelis once vacationed on the beaches, and now that has turned uh, more toward the kind of general attitude of Iran and Afghanistan, a little more radicalized uh, form of Islam, and um, you know, this again, this is biblical. So you've got all the nations named in that coalition 
uh, in Ezekiel 38 39 now in some form of cooperation together, and many of them have a military presence uh, on the north of Israel in the nation of Syria because of the civil war there. So it's, it's pretty wild times with them in Mike, but exciting too. So when you mentioned that hook in the jaw, that could be anything, couldn't it? It could be a somebody makes a mistake. It could be a political deal. Uh, somebody lets off a nuclear device. It's that hook that God's going to put in their jaw and pull them down. I remember a few summers ago when you and I were commenting, I think there, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, there's 23 super volcanoes on the planet. And we saw yeah. 16 of them in one week erupting at the same time, which is very, very unusual. And when yeah, you there, used was, it, there was seismic activity. Seismic, ac- mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that so, was so, saying that it's the the Earth inside is groaning. Yeah, and that's you know again that's that's part of the scenario as well, Mike. You know, I, I I don't think we can say you know completely dogmatically, but when you see things like a great mountain burning with fire described in Revelation and a star falling from the sky that uh, radioactivates the freshwater drinking supply, you know, it, it pretty much tells you that there are going to be some cataclysmic events taking place on the Earth. And uh, whether that's an asteroid, uh, a great mountain burning with fire, or a volcano, uh, we do know that there's going to be massive seismological events taking place during the tribulation period. And mm. there's no reason for us not to see uh, that uh, prophesied increase of them dramatically and suddenly uh, prior to the tribulation period. So really, mm-hmm. uh, Mike, we've talked about this many times. I, I, as far as the prophetic clock goes and things related to uh, the coming rapture of the church and the ensuing uh, great tribulation, things are firing on all cylinders, literally, literally everything uh, that would be uh, preceding their ultimate fulfillment during the tribulation is happening right now. Wow. That's interesting, to say the least. Last summer, I did a tour through uh, the Midwest you knew about, and I went to five states and preached open air in many places and helped inspire the Christians there to do uh, public evangelism. And uh, I got to meet so many of, of them, and they're aware, but most people aren't aware, of the new Madeira Fault that's in uh, uh, Missouri. And it was the largest earthquake in the history of the USA. And when it slipped back in, I think you know the year, was it 1800s? It, uh, yes. it rang yes. church bells in uh, Boston, Boston, Massachusetts. It, uh, the uh, river of the Mississippi changed course and went backwards for a while. It was so powerful. And they say it may be 40 or 50 years overdue for that to happen again. And then you take the largest supervolcano in the world is in Wyoming, and it's where Old Faithful is, and people don't realize they're walking on the caldera, the opening, and that is so huge. It's, it's miles and miles uh, from one end of it to the other that uh, one of the channels, I think it was Smithsonian, or um, it might have been Smithsonian that they have a story about that, and when it explodes, it'll instantly vaporize everything in 60 miles. Uh, and then as the fumes go up, they will the smoke will turn to glass as it gets higher up. 
and we will lose 50% of American population. And you stop and you think of that, and it should strike fear, but awe also. And I'd like you, we got a couple more minutes here. I'd like to ask you, Barry, what is the hope? Is there a hope that somebody that doesn't believe in God or believe in the end of the world, is there a hope for them at all? Oh, absolutely, Mike. And I think, you know, that's one of the important things about Bible prophecy. And there's so many negative things said about it today. And some of it is merited. Um, You know, there's a lot of sensationalists out there and things that are taught that simply aren't uh, biblically based. But prophecy is what distinguishes the Bible from every other religious writing. And because God knows the end from the beginning, and he can speak with authority about the future the way we can write about the present. And that means that the message that the Bible contains regarding how one can be saved is legitimized as well, because everything the Bible says, even when it has the audacity to step out and speak about the future thousands of years in advance, is 100% accurate. So if the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him, then that message is trustworthy. And we can see it proven throughout the ages by the countless number of people who have come to faith in Jesus and had their life changed and the hope of heaven instilled in them. And uh, even in one particular generation, which I think is likely us, uh, we have the glorious hope and expectation of the appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, Hmm. to take us home and and supernaturally translate these bodies into the eternal realm. So there's always hope, Mike, as long as God is on the throne and his son's blood is sufficient to cover our sins. There's hope to be found today, and uh, that will never, ever change. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to take a break. You've been listening to Pastor Barry Stagner, some updates and prophecy. He'll be back with us tomorrow, and we'll be back after this break. It's Mike McIntosh, your host for this period of time, and I appreciate you listening and staying with us. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. I hope this is a good day for you. And uh, I hope if you haven't been able to tune into the whole program, uh, you are aware that Christians are being killed in Afghanistan. And um, it's a real deal, and they're crying out for help. And it's a sad day for our country. But we'll trust God. Um There's a retired Navy SEAL, Jocko uh, Willink. He said, it's incumbent on all people to stand up against evil. There is evil in the world, and it will grow in strength and power if not thwarted. The only thing that can stop evil is people willing to stand up and fight to destroy it and to make sacrifices. When there is no will to fight evil, Evil will win. Innocent people will suffer. And darkness will expand. Well, our guest for the next uh, 10 minutes is my friend, Detective Carlos Avias from the NYPD uh, Special Victims Unit. Very, very loved by the department. I was with him many times with the chiefs and the commissioners. And uh, he knows their hearts. And I've asked that he could be used 
to encourage us to pray for law enforcement. Carlos, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Amen. Good to be here. Ah, thank you so much. I was reading before I was contacting you earlier this morning about a young lady, um, 42 years old. She's been 20 years on the job in NYPD. Uh, She was 22 years old when she got married. Uh, And she died uh, just a couple of days ago from COVID-19 issues, they say. Uh, She's detective Shantae Neal Baker. And I thought that we would remember to pray for her family and the department. Yesterday, you were sharing with us just, isn't it the world's largest police department or one of the largest in the world? Yes. And uh, the morale is really down. Yeah, very low. Even across the country, your departments, the morale is very low. What can we do to help? Well, prayer, number one, is uh, one uh, the main thing. To pray for your officers and encourage them when you see them. Just tell them, hey, thanks for your service. Hmm. Because the morale's down, they're, they're just standing there. And, you know, a good cop is a cop that would, or a nosy cop is a good cop, put it that way, <laughs> that if they see little Johnny running around, he would say, Johnny, what are you doing here? Go back home. He knows the community. Or hmm. the morale is so down that you can stand on Fifth Avenue and somebody walks up to you. You know where I could go to Fifth Avenue? The cop could say, I don't know. Hmm. Really? That's where it is today? Yeah. That's what's happening today. They says, I don't know. They're going to get less involved because they figure that they get involved chasing. They won't even chase a bad guy. Because they, they know they're going to chase a bad guy. Mm. They're going to get sued. Uh, mm-hmm. They're going to end up locking them up. And then um, there's also a lawsuit or everybody's with cameras or whatever. There was one incident. The guy had a, a firearm. Mm. And they grabbed the guy and, they, and, and the guy's tussling with him and, they end up handcuffing them, and they threw a chair at these officers and threw garbage trash cans. And the officer uh, takes out from the perpetrator's waistband a firearm. Oh, really? So we're, we're living in times where we see that this is not good. And I think it all starts at home. That's where it starts at. The parents should teach the kids respect. They don't respect their own kept parents. We live in a time where the 12 year old was running the household, you know? Mm. I think that's interesting you say that because I I really believe that. Uh, God only gave 10 commandments, uh, and one of them was honor your mother and father. And if you can't honor your mother and father, you don't learn that at home. You'll never honor your school teachers or the principal, or if right. a police officer pulls you over. Uh, you'll have an attitude, and it'll escalate, possibly. Uh, and you won't respect anybody's property. And all of a sudden, our country, how does this happen? we got to get them back to the Word of God, I think, don't we? Yeah, but in 1962, they got rid of prayer in school, number one. They got rid of uh, any Bible reading or whatever uh, on the streets and everything else. You can't even... Um, teaching the churches no more. You got some of the pastors, they're, they're too busy uh, uh, warming up to the world, and they're not giving the truth out, and that's a big problem, too. 
That is a problem. I know that you had a stellar career, very well respected and decorated. Could you tell us of a time or two that when you were on the beat, you you worked, uh, I think, 18 years in the Bronx, didn't you? And, yeah, uh, I worked out in the Bronx, did 23 years. Yep. 20, 20, a long lifetime. Could you see God as a police officer stepping into situations? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I could give you a quick uh, a quick story of what happened to me. My partner took off one night. We worked six to two. I worked the task force back then in uniform. And um, he took off, so they, I was the odd man out. They said, you want to go home? I said, no, I want to stay, uh, stay, still stay on patrol. He says, well, we'll give you a foot post. I said, I'll take it. So they put me in a foot post where is a heavy crime area. And this is at 1 o'clock in the morning, and it's winter time. Nobody's out there. I have my back against the building, and I see this guy with a Macy's shopping bag. And he's coming from some storefront, and it's cold out there. Nobody's out there, and he's rushing across the street. I popped out of the, the doorway that I were in. I said, police, come over here. Where are you going? So he looks at me, and he was going to run. He don't run. He puts his hands up. He puts his hands on a car, and he dropped the shopping bag right there. And I'm saying, I walked up to the shopping bag, and I looked in. It was marijuana. Those days, you, you get arrested for that, not like today. Yeah. And there was tons of that stuff in there. And I got on the radio, I handcuffed him, got on the radio, get a, a car to come over and take me back to the station house with this guy. And we end up in the front of the sergeant. And I and the sergeant says, who's with you? All this man I said, no, it was only me. The perp would say, he's a liar. He's a liar. He had 10 other cops there. They were big, and they, I, I was going to run. I didn't run. I believe that those were angels. Psalms oh. 91 says they kept the angels around, you know? Yeah. And I believe that was angels. So I thought the guy was crazy until I put him back in a police car on the way to Central Booking, and then it came to me. God encamped your angels around you. So he saw angels. I really believe that. He saw angels. I was all alone out there. And he's complaining to the sergeant that I'm lying that it was 10 other cops there with me. Hmm. So, you know, I know there's angels around us. We spent a lot of time together the first couple of weeks when the towers went down. And um, yes, we saw a lot of heartache. We still suffer from it today. But we saw God at ground zero, I think. I, I remember one night you and I had worked, I think, 18 hours that day, and we're not supposed to do that. But we went down, yep. and you, you put 200 Bibles, if I'm not mistaken, on a table that you'd set up where the cops went. Um, yeah, card table there, yeah. Card table, yeah. And every night they were gone. The officers yep. and the firefighters took those Bibles like crazy. And God was working. I remember we... Uh, one Sunday night, I went over and met the fire chief and told him I was a, a team leader and uh, wanted to help him. With, He said, Mike, you look over there, you see a handful of people. That's all I have left. I lost over 300 friends in the fire department when the towers went down on them, and that's all yeah. I have for management. And he said, yeah. um, would you put a chaplain here 24 hours a day, seven days a week? And I said, I'll do it. I'll get the best in the country that would know the fire and the police. And he said, thank you. And as he said, there was a body coming out. Would I go over there and help his men with this firefighter that they just discovered? And I said, certainly. 
So just as I start to walk away, he, he grabs a hold of my shirt tail, and he says, Mike, and I turned around and said, yes, sir. And he said, he said uh, yes, sir. He said, uh, you know, not everybody here believes in God. And I said, yes, sir, I understand that. That's my style. I, I appreciate everybody. I'm not going to push anything. And then as I started to walk away, he said, but it's probably a good time we all start believing, don't you think? <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> and you saw that over and over again, yeah, didn't yeah. you? They, yeah, they lost 343. 343 fire department, NYFB. And 37 Port Authority police officers and mm. 23 NYPD guys vanished in a matter of seconds. seconds. You see, I believe I witnessed the greatest altar call in my lifetime that God has given. Mm. That day on September 11, 2001. And you're going to be doing an outreach uh, this September 11th. We want to mention something? We're about finished with our oh, segment yeah. here. And uh, why don't right, you tell sir. the people they'll pray for it. Okay, yeah, yeah one pray minute for us. Left. We're going to, yeah, we're, we're at Saturday, September uh, 11th at 9.30, we open our doors and we're, we're doing a presentation of the colors, which is a flag, a videotape of uh, World Trade Center, uh, the people falling out, all those things, a moment of silence. We're going to have officers' uh, testimony. We're doing a mini um Museum also, all the artifacts from that we have from Ground uh-huh. Zero, some of them, we're mm-hmm. going to display them, uh, refreshments and photos. And this is all free events. This is a free event for all first responders, fire, police, and it's uh, sponsored by us, the retired cops and friends. Oh, so we put that together. It's a free thing, and all the food refreshments going to be afterwards. So we're excited that what God's going to do there. Thank you and for we that. Have, uh, it's going to be great. Uh, that's what we need prayer there, too. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Detective Carlos Avias from the NYPD. We're going to take a short break and be right back with you. This is your host, Mike McIntosh. I love that song, Soul on Fire. And I appreciate you all being with us today. This is your host today and my last day tomorrow. I'll be with you. And um, we are just grateful that the Lord is on our side, aren't you? In Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 18, it says, If it is possible as much as dwells within you, live peaceably with all men. And our world is on fire right now when our souls should be on fire. And the people that hold the power in their hearts that are the Christian community are now suffering heavily in wicked ways in Afghanistan. And they've already started killing them. And we need to pray that God will send his angels to the Middle East, into Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria, to all these countries. Into There's a huge revival it's been going on quite some time in Iran, and the Lord Jesus is uh, actually appearing and has been for quite some time to people. And other people bump into him. They call him, you've seen the vision, and they have thousands of Bible studies going on. You need to be pray, praying for the Christians, and it's probably going to take some trouble in our country to really separate the wheat from the chaff. And I think we're seeing the wheat and the chaff being separated right now. 
But this is a great time for us to let the peace of God that passes all understanding rule in our hearts, and we live for nothing but for the glory of God. And I'd like to give uh, some honor right now to a very special Christian who is in heaven right now. Her name is Kay Smith. She's the wife of Pastor Chuck Smith and the mother of Jeanette and Chuck Jr. and Jeff and Cheryl. And they have the kids, their mom and dad, both in heaven. And that family has paid a great price to serve. And humbly, Kay is very instrumental in discipling my wife and making her into a very godly woman and also many pastors' wives. She had a heart for them. And a couple of days ago, the Lord called her to heaven. And she's finally with Pastor Chuck. And after, I forget how many years, 60 years, I think at least, that they were together as husband and wife. So we thank the Lord for Chuck and Kay Smith. And we thank the Lord for you. There is so much that needs to be done, not by pastors and evangelists and miracle workers and big-name people, but by you and me, that we will just let peace like a river flow through us. And we'll let the love of God constrain our lives to not get off the rails and get into the flesh. It's interesting in Galatians when it says, I think it's verse 19 of chapter 5, it says in the fruit of the, or excuse me, the works, plural, of the flesh are these, and then it gives the definitions of all the things that are of our flesh. And then in verse 22, it says, but the fruit, singular, of the Spirit is singular, and it says love. And then when the English translations came, they didn't have a word for that kind of love of Jesus. And so they came up with a word. And they defined it by saying love, comma, the first thing was joy. The second thing was peace. Joy, peace, and then long-suffering. We're going to see trouble. But I believe this radio network is here to be used for God's glory to challenge his kids. We used to play out in the streets as a boy, and... Um, Everybody in our street, we had a really long street. It's four blocks long. We played football. We beat each other up. We wrestled. We played baseball. We ran track in high school together. We knew each other uh, so well. But when the street lights came on, you were home in Portland, Oregon, and dinner was ready. You know, I think the Lord is turning on the street lights towards heaven, and he's calling us home. But my heart breaks for those that are lost and don't know the simplicity of the truth that there is. And Jesus himself said it, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would ever believe in him would never perish, but live for eternity. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. But here's the condemnation, that men love darkness more than they do the light and won't come to the light because their deeds are evil, lest they be reproved. So Jesus was willing to die and be the sacrifice and to even say the reason his father is allowing him to die is because God loves 
you. There's no doubt about it. I just want you to know we're not perfect. And he knows we're made of the dust. We're the dust people. We're just dust blown in the wind without any purpose. And God gives a great purpose. To love him with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love your neighbor like yourself. Do unto others as you would have done unto you. The Sermon on the Mount was a whole new vocabulary for living. When you look at it that way, it makes sense. You're supposed to have peace and joy and happiness and treat other people. He asks for your coat. Take it off and give it to him. He asks you to walk a mile, walk two miles. Give everything for others to find peace in their life. And so Jesus has left us with the Gospel of John, where in verse, um, six, uh, chapter 16, verse 33, he said, Blessed are the pe- peacemakers. And then, in, excuse me, in, in Matthew, but in John 16, 33, he said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but in me you will have peace. And if you're looking for peace in your marriage, in your health, in your heart, in your mind, in any situation, Jesus, we know, is the one that Isaiah spoke of. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. You'll be called Wonderful Counselor, the Prince of Peace. He's the chief peace officer, and he wants to defend you and protect you from the wickedness that has invaded planet Earth. And the darkness that is prophesied about in the scriptures is now going from coast to coast in our country trying to destroy us as a people. Please, if you are a believer, we will answer face to face at the Lord's throne for our lives. Love one another. Love one another. And let God use you to help those that are suffering and are confused, that are abused, that are lost, that are wandering. Have purpose of why you say you are a Christian. Lay down your life for greater love no man will have than he that lays his life down, Jesus said, for his brethren. And if your life is all about you, that's not it. It's about others. And so we thank you that you are listening And we hope that these last couple of days have been a challenge to you. Could have taken a very comfortable route to talk to you, but I just know how dark the days are. I've been around a long time. I've seen the world in many, many places from the highest points to the lowest points. And I can see the writing is on the wall. And you remember what happened in Daniel. The king was out drunk having a party with all of his friends. And a form of a hand wrote on the wall, many, many, tekel you farson. And Daniel came and said, your life is what it says, is hanging in the balance. And we don't want our lives hanging in the balance. We want them in God's hands. And he's reaching out to you right now. And he's telling you, I love you, and I forgive you of your sins. And if you will receive my son into your life, As your Lord, he will be your Savior, and he will help you grow and mature. 
I'm one human being that was on the edge of the pit and almost lost my life. And if it weren't for Jesus to snatch me at the last minute, I would have died at a stupid party from an overdose. I thank Jesus for having mercy on me. And for me to do anything but try to help others find him would be useless. I've seen the Lord. And I've seen him high and lifted up. And his train does fill the temple. His glory is everywhere. We see nothing but darkness because the planet is shutting off the lights. And the devil thinks he's won a battle, but he hasn't. And tomorrow, I'm bringing a round table of several pastors from around the country. And I'm going to ask them some questions on your behalf. And you can hear it from several different ways about how much God loves you and how he'll help you and your family and friends. Thank you. Thank you so much. And God bless each and every one of you. And this broadcasting network, may it stay on the air and be used for the glory of God. This is Mike McIntosh. I'll be with you again tomorrow. And I want to thank you and pray that you have a beautiful night with the presence of the Holy Spirit. God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.